we absolutely thought it was going to be the end. We, we couldn't see initially any light at the end of the tunnel for us. We had about 2,000 odd ducks on the farm. Um, we had feeding costs, um, we had staff, you know, the grain bills, you know, the restaurants shut down and a lot of them, the accounts departments weren't even open. So we couldn't even track down, you know, money from them. And, uh, you know, they, they, just everything just completely collapsed. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. In episode five, oyster farmer John Blankenstein explained that the closure of dining rooms literally shut his business down overnight. Most people we've spoken to during this series have raised concerns for small producers, many of which supply only restaurants. What has the impact been on small producers and how have they adapted to survive? Jody Clark is the owner of Great Ocean Ducks, a difficult protein to master, but one of the world's great eating experiences. Jody, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Look, we're going to talk about a lot of things here, but I just wondered, how does a real estate agent and a writer end up raising ducks at some of the Australia's best restaurants? Well, it is quite surprising. <laughs> we still wonder how we got here ourselves, but we... Um, Look, we, we lived overseas for a few years and um, had bought a property in Port Campbell on the Great Ocean Road many years ago and had planned to retire here. And we um, once we came back from living overseas, we were in London working, um, pregnant with our first child, we decided that we wanted to kind of slow our life down a little bit and weren't going to wait for retirement. We'd rather bring the kids up in the country. Beautiful. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what, what breed of ducks do you have? Because I know they're very popular with chefs and they've all sort of pointed us in your direction. We have both Aylesbury and Pekin. So our business initially started off um, with Aylesbury ducks solely. Um, however, we found that we couldn't um, couldn't keep up with the demand of those and we had a lot of demand also from the chefs for the Pekin style, for Peking style ducks. So as a so Pekin is the breed and Peking is the style of cooking it, but it's um it's a Pekin breed and they seem to be the ones that the chefs prefer to use. Um, they're a bigger duck or slightly bigger um, uh, and they seem to be very high in demand. People love them, the chefs anyway. No your product is almost exclusively for restaurants and with the restaurants forced into closure or only takeaway, um, that's had an impact on you. Could you just tell us when you started to notice things change and what impact it had? Sure. Look, the it changed before the restaurants actually physically closed their doors. There had been... Um, a, a, quite a large reduction in our order numbers. Things were starting to look like there was a bit of a change happening. Um, this year had been a bit of a tough year with lots of different reasons earlier in the year with fires and those sorts of things as well. And, um, you know, there wasn't so many tourists coming in and it just things were things were looking a little bit slow. So um, even up to two weeks before the sh- shutdown came, the orders had dropped slightly, um, but then they just dropped to zero. Literally every text message I had was um, understandably another chef saying, you know, so sorry, we, we can't take the ducks this week. And, you know, we, we knew we knew it was happening and um, we just sort of looked at each other and went, oh, okay, where do we go now? And, um, yes, had some serious brainstorming sessions. 
how did you feel at that time? Did you think it may be the end of the business? Oh, most definitely. We absolutely thought it was going to be the end. We we couldn't see um, initially any light at the end of the tunnel for us. We had about 2,000 odd ducks on the farm. Um, we had feeding costs. Um, we had staff. We had um, things that we had to immediately move around to to make work. So, um, you know, the grain bills, you know, the restaurants shut down. And a lot of them, the accounts departments weren't even open. So we couldn't even um, track down, you know, money from them. And, uh, you know, they, they, just everything just completely collapsed. Can you give us an idea of what it actually takes to grow ducks for human consumption um, just from sort of through the life cycle of a duck on the farm? Yeah, sure. We um, we incubate and breed our Aylesbury ducks. So they... Um, they, they come through the incubator, so we have them as babies. Um, and then we buy in our Pekin ducks at about four weeks of age and we um, grow grow them out is what we call it. So uh, it takes a lot of work. It's um, The ducks are, are pretty messy creatures. So um, our ducks, basically, they, um, they have to be sheltered at night in sort of open air pens. So they sleep um, on hay. Uh, and then they go out into the paddocks. We have different paddocks because we have all different age groups here, different paddocks um, on rotation because they also very quickly trample the grass down and eat all the grass. They eat a lot of grass, far more than what you would imagine a small duck eats. Um, they then, um, we clean their pens for them. So we turn over the hay and, and eventually when it gets completely fouled, we take it out onto our paddocks and that fertilises our paddocks. Um, so, and they come in and they eat a special mix that we have for them of wheat and different bits and pieces um, and they get herded in by our dogs. So um, they're out during the day, all day, and they come back in kind of on dark or um you know, when the sun starts going down, we bring them in and they have um, more food and bits and pieces in in their um, enclosures. Well, they're not really enclosures. They're sort of, they're, yeah, they're pens which have sort of knee le- knee height um, little fences that you can step over and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, they snuggle down into the hay for the night. One of the things a lot of people have been raising is the fact that, you know, produce keeps growing, animals keep need to be fed, um, you know, mm. you can't just turn off a farm overnight. Um, what were some of the early thoughts that you had to adapt and survive? Well, look, we initially reached out to um, some butchers that we have um, reasonably close relationships with. Um, the butcher shops for duck, it, it's a bit different. It, it is a really more of a, a luxury item, um, not so much in what it is, but just that it, people – you know, we're really trying to demystify cooking duck. So people seem to be a little bit nervous, understandably, about cooking duck. Um, you know, it, it it isn't the same as a chicken. It's a red meat. So initially the butcher shops take um, at Christmas time and at festive time periods in the, in the year they will take duck. Um, and so we initially reached out to some of the butcher shops and said, look, what do you think? Can we do some promotion on duck for private homes and try and work on selling some ducks we we figured if we could get a third of our if we could keep a third of our business running we could survive this um and so 
thank goodness for the butcher shops, they did they did understand completely what we were doing and they completely came on board with us um, and we started doing a um, – and started doing a bit of promotion on duck and started trying to move it through the butcher shops. And we had a, another lifeline from Danny Valant who um, has um, helped us out with some social media work. Um, it's been support from people really that has helped us out there. The Royal Mail have done duck dinners, has, as has the Windsor and Sunder. So it's been a combination. We spoke to Danny a couple of episodes ago and she – did raise an initiative that she was doing with you guys and it's and it's all about dis- dispelling the sort of myths and difficulties of cooking duck at home and giving people confidence and and also celebrating that can you tell us a bit about that initiative yes well um danny's been fantastic she seems to, she's a supporter of lots of different um people in this and yes yeah, she's um started up the hashtag great duck project and um, what we're asking people to do is just tag a duck dish that they've cooked, um, maybe a bit of an explanation about it, but just to um, show what is possible from duck. It's such a versatile meat. It doesn't have to be roasted. It can be cut down and changed. There's lots of things you can do with it. So trying to put it out there to people to, to get them to understand it and not be worried about it, not nervous about cooking it, about embracing something different that is I mean, you know, really there aren't many people that cook duck at home. Um, so we really had to do a really quick pivot to try and change that mindset into people really giving it a go. People are at home um, cooking, giving something different a try and, yeah, really demystifying duck. How do you cook duck? What's your favourite? Do you have any tips? Do you have any favourite ways? <laughs> Look, I'm not a great duck cook. Um, I, <laughs> You're a great farmer. Yeah, exactly. I give it as good a shot as I can. But I just love taking – I don't often roast a whole duck. I'll often um, take the breasts off and take the Marylands and the rest of the duck, sort of break it all up um, and keep the breasts, just pop them on the in the fridge for a couple of days just to dry out and then we just salt and pepper it and, and cook it and let the – the duck speaks for itself really no sauces or anything and put it on whatever it is that we're having or just have it as a as some meat on a taste plate um and then with the rest of it i'll often just get a a clay pot put it on top of the stove and just fill it with the rest of the duck some herbs and spices some chives whatever's in the garden and just put the lid on and pop it on the fire for the day and just it all reduces down and then you've got you know, they are really big and they're really rich. Um, it's a really rich food. So it really stretches. You'd be really surprised how far a duck can go in terms of meals for the family. Like you'd, you'd easily get a couple of meals out of a duck for a family of four. What's the current uh, situation with the business, you know, with these initiatives helping out? And as you said, you needed about 30% to just survive and get through. What, can you paint a picture of what the current situation is? Yeah, look, it, we're we're being really positive at the moment. We we um we're trying to figure out what's going to happen when everything goes back to normal. You know, we're um we are just wanting to keep our heads above water for 2020. Now, we would love to try and ramp up the quantity of ducks. We've reduced everything on the farm um, down so that we've got you know the 30 percent of ducks going each week and that's mostly supplying the butcher shops with duck um looking towards the rest of the year when the restaurants open we are hoping to 
figure out a capped price for our ducks so that we can work with the restaurants. We, It's been one of the things that's been really important about our business is that we've always been an open book with the chefs. We've always wanted, you know, it's always been a, a discussion how this, how, how the ducks work for them, how they work for us, getting the right duck for them. So we wanted to figure out how we can support the restaurants when they come back and, um, you know, get a price, cap a price for the ducks so that they can then foresee what they're going to be doing um, for the next six months costs-wise because, I mean, um, you know, everybody's going to come back and it's going to – I imagine it's going to be quite difficult for um, (laughs) the rest of the year, if not like really bad for the first um, few months that they get back. How can people help you at the moment? Look – Trying duck out, um, supporting the butcher shops that are supporting us is um, is a major is, is would be a major benefit for us. They they've um, just stepped straight up and um, understand small business and how hard it is, and they've they're really um, trying to push duck through their butcher shops, trying to um, you know give people confidence in cooking them, give them advice as what to do. Um, they can um, get a look at Danny's um, set up with hashtag Great Duck Project. Have a few look, have a bit of a look at the different things that are going on there, the different um, ways that people are cooking duck, um, and yeah, just just really give it a go. Now, the reason I wanted to talk to you is, you know, like, like we did with John Blankenstein. You know, oysters and duck are the sort of um, produce that you only generally experience in restaurants and there's actually a lot of producers not just these sort of luxury items um, or exclusive items um, that we leave in the safe hands of chefs Um, but have you spoken to other producers um, that might be going through something similar to you guys at the moment? Look you know we've we've hardly had any time to do anything but um, (laughs) balancing ourselves at the moment Um, we we have relationships with the the locals around here, um, a couple of the pork producers, and um, we certainly have a close relationship with the chicken um, producer as well. And um, we 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 often um, throw ideas back and forward to him. His name's Bruce, um, and so he, you know, everybody I think um, is doing it pretty tough food wise. Um, and I, I think um, the difficult side of that might be when the restaurants do come back up again, we've got to play catch up. So we've all had to reduce the stock that we have because the um, supply hasn't been there. Like we haven't been able to sell our produce out there. So um, that's going to be an interesting way to come back to see how, you know, the restaurants are going to need food pretty quickly. And yeah, you just can't click your fingers and get it there. It's just not possible. You know, they take our ducks grow out to 14 weeks. Um, which is um, the very end of the end of the scale for ducks. Um, you can also process them at an earlier age. Um, our business concept is around growing them out longer. Um, so yes, that's how long it takes us to get a duck. So we have thirty percent of our stock. So um, I, I I think everybody's feeling it tough. I haven't had time really to have big conversations with other farmers besides um, Bruce from um, Milking Yard Farm. What has this current uh, crisis taught you? Um, it's probably taught me what a, um, efficient business we had beforehand. Um, you know, it was really, it was, um, a, a, a good business that we just sold into the restaurants because the restaurants would take, you know, five, 10 ducks, um, and sometimes more. So, um, I've been trying to, um, offload two ducks here, two ducks there and trying to, you know, balance individuals wanting ducks and, and it's, it's been, um, 
pretty hectic. It's probably also um, brought us back down to earth when it comes to just some quiet time on the farm and um, we have reduced numbers and realised that um, how easy it can be <laughs> to not have those lar- those large quantities of ducks here. It's um, you know we're we're thirty percent we're only thirty percent, but we're also only working. You know we've only got that much ducks to work on as well. So it's um it's quite peaceful right now. There's no money coming in, but it's it's peaceful. <laughs> but there's nowhere to spend it anyways. There. <laughs> well, that's true. So, what are the positives to come out of this pandemic for you? I'm hoping a positive is that the general public um, appreciate duck a little bit more, and and some home cooks can try using that that meat. Um, yeah, just just I think there's a lot of um, generosity, and um, people are really caring about each other a lot more in this, um, and very helpful and open to discussion and. Um, you know, as much as we haven't had a chance to speak to a lot of other farmers, we've been madly speaking to butchers and, and trying to do um, different projects with chefs and, and different people like that. So um, certainly there's lots of bonds and relationships that have grown strong and, um, you know, caring about people. We, we've been um, trying to support our restaurants in um, donating a box of ducks here and there to all of the chefs that we use in the past to help with their food boxes and their, their costs and things. So you know, and I, I, um, I had one gentleman. His name's Peter Springer. He, very, very early on in the um, the whole pandemic, looking like it was going to go completely crazy, um, sent me a message saying, um, you know, look, hope everything's going to be all right with you guys at the moment. Where um, he had had an operation on his foot and was moving and doing a few different things. Normally, he's a private person who would buy ducks off us to just do duck extravaganzas at home for his friends and things and he just transferred some money into our account and said just put this on credit for me for when things come back to normal again I'll get a box of ducks off you so you know that really opened me up to going right he's pushed he's he's inspired me to get out there and go hey look what how can we help you guys you know support people that have supported us in the past so um whether that's a little bit of something that's come out of it I think I'm taking a, a big step in the direction of that sort of thing. <laughs> With the experience of this current situation, do you think you'll change what you do on the other side of this? I I think I think it will change with I think the butcher shops I'm hoping the butcher shops will continue with some um some orders probably not to the extent that they're doing now but I'm hoping that that might um, change a little bit so that we get a bit more exposure exposure into the general public with our duck um, and I'm look I'm hoping it doesn't change too much I'm hoping that um, we will still keep supplying the restaurants that we've always supplied and have relationships with the chefs I, I miss that I love the um, the banter between the chefs and the ordering we do between each other and um, the discussions that happen um, one thing we are hoping to do because we've had time is create another brand, not another brand, but put a, a, another link into our business in trying to get off the ground a, a charcuterie pack. Wow. So trying to um, use up, because there's been some time to do preparation and testing with some chefs since they've also got time to, to create something like that. So to also offer out duck to people that don't have to cook it, such as a smoked duck or a prosciutto and a duck neck sausage, riettes, that sort of thing in little packs um, for people to get a taste of duck without even cooking it themselves. 
um, which has been something we've always wanted to do but have never had the skill. Um, but now that there's chefs that have time to do the testing and um, trials and we've got time to source packaging and different things like that, we're hoping that maybe something like that might come of it, which would be um, a really nice um, – not always fresh duck you know there's another alternative to just fresh whole duck from us now a bit earlier i think you underplayed your hand a little bit on how good you are at cooking duck because it sounded pretty amazing uh, but i just wondered <laughs> what what is the best duck, duck dish that you've ever experienced oh goodness that's a really hard one um because well, i would I, I would i would find that very hard to to say i love to eat duck as a riette um, and I loved, I love the prosciuttos and the cured meat sides of things. So that is probably my, um, my favorite way to eat duck. Um, having said that, like all the fine dining restaurants t- that, that we've been to and that take the duck, um, it would, I would be very pushed to figure out one that was better than another. They honestly, and that's in all honesty, <laughs> um, I, I can't imagine, I, I, um, the the dry aged duck breast is is pretty amazing too. So um, you put it on me. I I couldn't put my finger on a on a favourite dish. I'm so sorry to not be able to answer that for you. No, I think you were very kind to everyone and um, maintained that you wouldn't upset anyone, which was very good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you actually did release a cookbook uh, in 2015, and it's called Just Duck. Is that right? That's it. Um, yes. Can you tell us a bit about that? Sure thing. Look, we um, that that cookbook kind of came out of um, a, a, compl- a a whole lot of different reasons. We, I was getting emails when the business first started up. I was getting quite a lot of emails from people asking me what how to how to cook duck and what to do with duck, and and I didn't really um, have many suggestions. And I went to uh, one of the chefs that was the original. Um, originally kind of helped us get off the ground was Andrew McConnell and um, I just went to Andrew and I said look can you pass me on a couple of recipes that I can forward on to people because they're asking lots of people are asking me um, it was quite a number and um, and he was very happy to do that and then later on down the track um, given my husband's background of writing and a bit of the marketing background of me with real estate we decided and approached the chefs about compiling a book of recipes just about duck and they were all very keen to come on board with us they had the same feeling that lots of people would come into their restaurant and say they always eat duck when they're out because they don't know how to cook it um and so um we had a a photographer friend andrew zakelli and um, we all got together and went around and and um compiled this book which has recipes just with duck some are complex some aren't so complex and um and got it all together and with a little, you know, a little story about the chef and a, a passion or um, something, some little story or quirk that they have, whether it be about duck or or whatever it might be. And, um, and look, we always... Um, we always refer back to the book. There's lots of good recipes in that and and it's... Um, yeah, and it went, it, went, it went great. Lots of people purchased it. Um, it was sold in the restaurants of the chefs that were in the book. Um, and, yeah, it was a... Um, Look, we just figured it was a way to use our skills to diversify our business a little bit. Um, you know, you see farmers sow their paddocks with whatever it is that they grow, and um, we weren't, we didn't have the ability to do all those things. So we thought we'd pull our other 
skills together and and come up with the book. So it was quite funny. And I I said to my husband, I'll never do that again. I worked worked with my husband 24 hours a day and then we did the book together and it was, you know, I think by the time it was finished, we were very happy to close the page and go, ah, that's one job done. (laughs) And we're still married. Excellent. (laughs) That's a great result. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us what, what is so special about duck farming that you both love? I think, I think, it's different. It's um, we're in a dairy industry in Port Campbell. Majority, I'm looking around the paddocks now. Like just everybody has dairy. We started off having some cows, and we just um, for beef cows, and we had no control over the price of those cows. We were very beholding to the market, and we decided that we wanted to do something. We had no farming skills at all, um, and we needed to do something that was a smaller animal that didn't require big machinery and all these different things and when we looked into duck there wasn't a lot of free-range duck farmers at that stage we this is probably maybe 13 years ago and um it was something different we had i'm not kidding we had absolutely no idea about ducks at all um but when we did our research and looked into it we figured that it could be something that we would be able to drive properly we could um work with the chefs we could figure out how much we needed to get for our ducks and work backwards and set the price for the work that we were doing rather than again be beholding to the big buyers um so we could really be in complete control of everything that our business was about which has been a really good guide it's been a a work in progress all the time and it's constantly um going between chefs and us and butchers and um but we've been in control of it, not somebody else. So, um, you know, I mean, we, we got our first batch of ducks and put them in the back of our car and drove them home, not even realising how much they smell. So <laughs> it, it was like, honestly, it was like, oh, my God, these smell. You know, we, we were, you know, I was, you know, a manicured real estate agent in, you know, high heels and suits and um you know, I, I really had not picked up a shovel in all honesty. Now I do, but I... I hadn't then and um, so it was – it's been a learning curve the whole time and, and still now it is. We see ourselves really lucky to have gotten this far along in our business without having a hiccup, you know, dairy farming prices, floods, fire, drought, you know, everything that's gone on in, in Australia in farming and in trying to create food for people, you know, everybody has a turn and, and now it's our turn you know, to get to get around this and, and hang on to our business. For people that haven't had duck before, um, how would you describe it? What would you say to them? I would say that it looks like a big chicken, um, but it's red meat. <laughs> That's what you say. It looks like a big chicken. You can, you know, pop an orange in the in the in in the duck and pop it in the oven like, you know, you do with a lemon and a chicken or whatever, but it's it's a it but it is a red meat. So it can be cooked medium rare. It can be red. Um, you know, chicken has to be cooked the whole way through, I think. I'm not a chicken expert by any – anyone can pull me up on that. I'm not sure if that's right. But um, I was always taught that chicken has to be completely cooked through, whereas duck, um, it does not have to be. And, it, in fact, it's much better. Medium rare, it needs to be a bit red with a little bit of blood. Now, when restaurants are open again and your ducks are on dinner plates again in the restaurants across the country – How's that going to feel? Oh, that's going to feel fantastic. I, I can't wait for that to happen again. I can't wait for movement and um, the city to be, become a, a vibrant place again with these 
I, I think that, look, my gut feel is when this all goes back, people will be so excited. They'll be out there dancing in the street, drinking wine and hopefully eating duck and, <laughs> or whatever food, all food, all types of food. Um, but I, I think I, I hope that, that people will appreciate uh, the restaurants and the, what the chefs do um, and embrace them and support them. When, they, when everything does come back, I mean, they were really, really going to need it and it's a knock-on effect because we need it as well. So, um, you know, the restaurant suffered amazingly initially, you know, straight away and, and then the knock-on effect was all of all of these small producers um, have also had that effect, ha- had it happen to them. So when these restaurants open, I just want everyone to get out there and, and, and support their restaurants and support the city of you know, Melbourne C- CBD and, you know, all the regional places just like they were. It'll have to be happen because we won't be getting many <laughs> overseas travellers to do that, will we? That's true. I think we're all looking forward to uh, getting out to restaurants again. Um, Jodie, you've been amazing. Oh, thank you. Please keep in touch and let us let us know how you go, especially with the charcuterie side of things. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, uh, thanks again and talk soon. Thanks so much, Anthony. Thanks for the time. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospital community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Stay safe, isolate and be well.